Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's episode of Confession, Session. Camilla Harris is being attacked for her words that have been misconstrued. Yelling and screaming took place last time Charlemagne and Wendy Williams had a conversation. And Jesse Smollett's story is starting to seem suspicious to some. What's good, guys? It's your host, Angel Vandrina. And I'm your host, Jenna Bello. And you are listening to the one and the only Confession Session. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, 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 hey. Not hey, hey. What's going on? <laughs> hey, hey. Yes. What's going on, Jenna Bello? How you doing this evening? What is happening with you? I am doing just fine, just here, just chilling, just tipsy, just living my life like it's um, stainless steel because I can't afford gold yet, you know. <laughs> What's going on with you? Everything is going good. The snow is just a-pouring, it's a-falling, <laughs> and it's just too much. Is it snowing there? Is it snowing in Wisconsin right Yes. Now? Yes, it is just too much. Like, let me tell you, so... This guy, I was over, uh, I was eavesdropping into this conversation at my job, and I don't know who the two guys were that were talking, but this guy, he came back from vacation, and he was like, um, the one guy was like, hey, you know, welcome back. How was your vacation? And he was like, it was good. He was like, I really enjoyed myself. He was like, did you um, have a lot of snow when you came back? And he was like, no. He was like, oh, so you had somebody to plow for you. And he was like, yeah, my grandma. And all you heard was this long-ass silence. And I was like, I laughed. I was like, like, because I thought he was joking around. Like, you know, your grandma is plowing the snow, like, seriously. And then he was like, um, he was like, no, seriously, my grandma, she likes doing that type of stuff. I was thinking, motherfucker, you had your grandma plowing all that snow? Now, if y'all are here in Wisconsin, and especially in, you know, the greater Milwaukee area, you know damn well it was too much snow for anybody's grandma to be picking it up, okay? So for him to just like, yeah, my grandma, you know, she took care of it. And he was at least 30, okay? So if you 30, you know, your grandma is, you know, I'm going to just say she at least 50, you know, and I feel like she may have been older than that. So how you going to just sit up there and just like, yeah, my grandma, you know, she's a beast. My grandma just go ahead. She gets the flower and she just snows off. Like, that's crazy to me. But um, I thought that was real funny. Overall, though, everything's been smooth, it's been good, and I'm ready to get this show started and knock it out. So, with that being said, Jun, make sure you guys check us out on Instagram, YouTube, um, and Anchor especially, and of course this podcast from Blog Talk. And don't forget to send us confessions, the confession the number to us at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe, and tag us in the drama you guys want to hear. Before we get into those hot topics, Jen, why don't you go ahead and hit them with that confession question after the sparkle. Confession question. Confession question. Why does society see smoking weed as an issue, but the real drug issues are rarely discussed? Again, why does society see smoking weed as an issue, but the real drugs rarely discussed? Let's get into those confessionals. It's Angel Vandrina. All right, y'all. Okay, so according to FoxNews.com, after an exchanging flurry of heated words with Steve Harvey on his talk show last week, precious actress Monique kept their feud going on social media, sharing two videos that accused him of being a sellout. Monique appeared on Steve Harvey's show earlier this week where she alleged she was blackballed by heavy hitters, and we discussed this in the past, in the show business, and she stated that, you know, she was one of the people who – it was it was hard to work with her, and she compounded that by directly calling out producers Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels in the past. Harvey has previously said that the star burned too many bridges when she took the issues on with his show. Um, he said, this is the money game. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. This is the money game. And he said this in his own defense, apparently. On Friday... Monique, she shared two videos on Instagram that were aimed directly at Family Feud host Steve Harvey. The first featured famed boxing legend Muhammad Ali discussing his views on putting his freedom ahead of monetary gain. 
I had just, I had to repost this. This is for anybody putting money first and not the love of your people. I love us for real, Monique wrote in her post in the caption. Y'all think Steve Harvey needs to hear this? As of now, money means nothing to me nor Boston when it comes to the freedom of your people. So everything I'm doing, if it means hitchhiking tomorrow, if it means be raggedy, if it means looking for a job, I'll be happy because I can go to bed. My conscience is clear, and I didn't sell out or trade my people just because I can be rich in Hollywood with a yacht out here, he says in the video. Um, but I wouldn't want to. But I want. But I wouldn't want that damn yacht if I couldn't go back over in the black neighborhood and protest a black woman being raped. The hell with your yacht. The hell with the championship. A second video intercut excerpt of Harvey and Monique interview interspersed with scenes from Ruth in which the character Fiddler explains his views of being a slave to Kuta Kente. The video is topped with the text that reads, selling out a common idiomatic prerogative expression for the compromising of a person's integrity, morality, authenticity, or principles in exchange for personal gain, such as money. In terms of music or art, selling out is associated with attempts to tailor material to a mainstream or a commercial audience. This gave me chills. What has, what has changed? Y'all, I love us for real. We deserve to love us better. Monique wrote this in her caption. Jeanne, did you see all of this happening? Did you watch everything that went down with Monique and Steve Harvey and how heated and crazy it was? I heard a lot about it. <laughs> tell me your thoughts and tell me what you think about it. Well, yeah, tell me your thoughts. Tell me what you think about it. <laughs> well, nigga, I, I have a few things. One is Kamala, okay? okay? Kamala. I'm going to need you to Kamala. learn how to pronounce her name. Kamala. <laughs> not Kamala. Not Kamala. Kamala. Okay? Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, asshole. Okay. Okay. Kamala. Sorry. <laughs> Second, um, I did watch the interview. Um Steve Harvey, I mean, but we've been knowing this, he's definitely a sellout. From him going to visit Trump, for all the stuff that we've heard, mm-hmm. how he treated his second wife uh, before he got with uh, Marjorie Harvey, or Marjorie Harvey's her name, uh, and how he played her out, even though... Yes, uh, pronounce her name correctly. Children, pronounce her name correctly. While, he's, while he, Marjorie, while he's out, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, prancing around, Lori and the thought that she is, I'm just, I'm just playing, she's not no bad, she's just a free-spirited young woman, but you know what I'm saying? All right, she is free-spirited, black child. He got real children, and he out there disrespecting that damn mama. Um, but, I mean, we've known for a long time that Steve Harvey is just not as black as we want him to be. Um, I thought that the whole thing was bullshit, and I'm glad that because I listen to Monique's podcast, um, she, she, and she's talked about all this before, about all the celebrities that were, quote-unquote, family to her at one point, like she considered Big Har- uh, Steve Harvey as her big brother and stuff like that, and how mm-hmm. when it came down to it, they didn't stand up for her, or they would say one thing in private, and they didn't say anything publicly. And all she is mm-hmm. saying is she wants people to be honest. Just say what you told me behind closed doors. Like, don't make it seem like I'm crazy. And I, I feel like yeah. people are starting to wake up and realize that she wasn't lying about anything that she said. She might have been a little dramatic in how she went about it, but the truth is the truth. You know, she was paid fifty thousand to do a movie that turned out that turned out to be this huge blockbuster film and they wanted her to do more for the film when she was not being compensated. And then they said that all it was mm-hmm. going to do was her all it meant was for her to get more money in future roles, which she did not, you know. So she was upset about it because she was lied and bullshitted out the whole way around. Everybody yeah, but anybody would be. And she's the talent. She's the one who made the movie, you know what I'm saying. So um, she read his ass, and when he was saying, this is the money game, we black, we can't do that. It, I understood what he meant by that because, Black people, we do have to move differently. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we do have to, I don't know how to, 
like you do have to be mindful because you don't want to add insult to injury. Like you do want to, you know what I'm saying, like be classy, be graceful about how you handle certain situations. But at the same time, you don't want to be a fucking sellout. Like you don't right. want to have to, you know what I'm saying, bullshit to just get by. So he can miss me with all that, you know. So I, I definitely was on my new side. Like it was some some parts I was just like, okay, I I guess I understand what he's trying to say, but at the same time, Steve Harvey then lost us a long time ago. How did you feel? Did you watch the interview? <clears throat> I did not watch the interview, but I did hear a lot of the interview um, from the Breakfast Club. I did see clips. I did see the um, the items that she posted on her social media page as well, and I thought I was like, that's deep. I did hear, you know, how um, Steve Harvey was trying to boss up on her. And it's like, okay, you know, you getting louder and you allowing – she's allowing you to talk, but it's like, calm the fuck down. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and he could sit up there and pretend like this ain't the white man's game. This ain't the black Mr. Money game. But at the end of the day, you know, people, they need to start looking at – you know, stop looking at people, you know, their degrees and <laughs> – you know what he meant by that is at the end of the day, when you're rich enough, like that's all that matters. But at the same time, it's a difference between trying to get your money and moving in silence and supporting what you want to support and being a fucking sellout. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like a perfect example is Jay Z and Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Behind closed doors, they have gave millions to, you know, Meek Mill. Um, to, to pay for Meek Mill's lawyers, and they are paying right now for Twenty One Savage and his whole situation with ICE. Yeah. You know what I'm saying they are like mm-hmm. they do a lot of shit behind closed doors because it may affect their image, but they're not outspoken saying that what people are doing um, to combat prejudice and racism is wrong. To me, that's a fucking sellout because you're trying to get your check. Like if you don't want to talk publicly about it because you know a lot of white people listening and you know what I'm saying, even though at the same time it is annoying, but if you try to get your check, you got to get your check, then it is what it is. I, I get it. You're, you're a fucking billionaire. You got a lot of people that you're employing, but you don't need to come out and say that what the, the someone speaking their truth is wrong. Right. Because it's not. Right. Like as, as we are seeing with this, we're like, we're realizing Monique was not fucking lying. Like, she wasn't lying. This last year, we just thought, oh, this bitch crazy. She's doing the most. But we see. Because she, she told him on the show. She was like, Steve, you told me blah, 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 blah. And he was like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but what Tidy Wood about it was wrong. Okay, so that's all you had to fucking mm-hmm. say was I agree with Monique, but how she went about it was wrong if you're going to speak publicly about it. Say the same shit you were saying to her. If this is your sister, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But apparently they ain't close enough. So <clears throat> with that being said, you guys, gonna, <laughs> they, they ain't sister and brother. You know, sister and brother, they get over some shit, and then they everything is cool. But the feud continuing to go on, and it's just getting more and more reckless. I just feel like they not as close as they thought they were because she's focused on her people, and he's focused on ooh, the money. So, that being said, you guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to a topic that so many people are talking about. All right, y'all. This is according to TMZ.com. A grand jury will hear the Jesse Smollett case early next week, law enforcement tells TMZ. Law enforcement sources connected to the investigation tell TMZ the two brothers who were arrested and then released are staying somewhere around the loop in downtown Chicago under the watchful eye of police so no one gets to them. We're told cops especially want to make sure Jesse does not contact the brothers. We're told when police raided the home of the two brothers, they found magazines with pages torn out, and authorities are now trying to to determine if the missing pages are connected to the threatening letter that was sent to Jesse eight days before the alleged attack. Our sources say early on they asked Jesse if he signed complaints against the two men who attacked him, and he was clear that he would. But when he found out the two brothers were the ones in custody, we're told he said he knew them 
felt bad for them and declined to sign the complaint. Our sources say, although cops believe the brothers purchased the rope that was around Jesse's neck after the incident, there is no surveillance video at the hardware store because it erases after a week. We're told the way they tracked the brothers down was by their movements in arriving and leaving the scene around Jesse's Uber, but we're told cops tracked the vehicle and the two brothers got out on their way home and into another vehicle. As one source put it, it was almost like a bad spy movie. The sources say they were red flags from the get-go. Cops were extremely suspicious when Jesse took them out to the area where he said he was attacked and pointed to obscure camera saying how happy he was that the attack was on video. Turns out the camera was pointed in the wrong direction. Cops thought it was weird he knew the location of the camera. And there's this. We're told investigators didn't believe the two alleged attackers attackers screamed, this is MAGA country, because not a single Trump supporter watches Empire. And a few loose ends. We're told when cops picked up the two brothers at O'Hare Airport, police were armed with three warrants for each man, one of which was to seize their phones. We're also told there's no video of a rehearsal of the attack in the street. Jesse and his lawyer were be- have vehemently denied the attack with stage, maintaining that this was a hate crime. So how do you feel about this now, Ms. Angel Vandrina? I'm pissed off. And not only that, but there has been some new news, Jen, if you have not heard about it. So um, it is alleged that Jesse Smollett paid the brothers to stage the attack, and this is according to TMZ. Um, they reported that the two Nigerian brothers were arrested, like you stated, and subsequently released, like you just stated. Um, however, both brothers, like you, uh, we talked about last week, they worked on an Empire set, and they said that they would be completely cooperative. Um, they pretty much gave up their phone and showed the phone call in the in the, in the pretty much the conversation between Jesse and them, and it was pretty much based on what was going on with the attack. Now, this came out today, um, and I'm just like, come on. Like, why would you even do that? Like, so allegedly he paid the brothers to stage the attack for him. And the, if you guys don't know, we're not just saying the brothers, like, as if, you know, the, the like, brothers, like, the brothers, the, the motherfucking niggas, you know what I'm saying? We saying brothers, like, because they're brothers. They are two black men who allegedly were paid to, you know, um, set this whole stage up. And I just don't understand why Jesse would do something like that. It makes me really upset. I mean, is he trying to get more attention? Don't he know that people are really going to take this type of shit serious? People are pissed off. And then when you go ahead and you say that these are Trump supporters and MAGA and all of this, like people are really going to be out here like, what? what's up? You know, but I feel like a lot of people, they started um, doubting him when he went on Good Morning America, and I feel like uh, people were just like, you know, you're starting to explain yourself too much, let the cops do their job, you know, and some people, they are like that. They'd be like, look, bitch, this is this is what happened, who, what, when, where, and why, and, and all of this shit, but I feel like the fact that, you know, he went on the show, he tried to go ahead and explain himself, and then all of this shit is coming out, it's just really pissing me off, because... I love him. You know, I feel like he's a good actress. I watch Empire all the time. And so for him to sit up there and have what? You are so ghetto. Not not actress. Actor, actress, motherfucker, (laughs) whatever. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. I think this is the second time your ass been correcting me on the show today. Don't make me hang up. All right. Now. <laughs> but honestly, I'm just I'm just irritated by it. And I, I, I'm hoping that this is not what the case is, that he had these two black men go out and do all of this stuff. But it, it really is looking as if this is what it is. And he's going to lose so many supporters behind this if this is the actual case. And then it's going to court, too. Like, this shit has gotten serious. I know he's, like, in his house right now twiddling his thumbs, like, damn, I didn't even expect this to be as viral as it is. Like, of course it wasn't going to be. What are your thoughts about it? Uh, I don't want to give a fun Long pause. Because at the end of the day, he's a black man, and he's a black gay man, and, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> he, 
you know what I'm saying, like has made us more, what is it? I'm trying to think of the word. Like just more like not welcome, but more like where the mainstream people are more accepting. He has made black gay men more acceptable to mainstream society. So I can't hit on the brother for that. Um, but what I will say in the back of my mind, because those rumors came out, of left field ASAP because people were just like, why is she out at 2 in the morning? Like, it sounded like mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. That's what I was saying, too. But at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, I was listening to what, like, Funky Dineva has said, and a couple other people said, Jesse Smollett is a fucking celebrity. A B-list, right. you know what I'm saying? At least. I, I, to, in my opinion, I feel like he's an A-list celebrity. B-list, like, he's very much well-known. He's not going to be on Jack. He's not going to be on Grindr. He's not about to be on these fucking gay apps trying to hook up with you bitches. Like, he got the key lined up. So why would he be out doing some shit like that? But I feel like maybe he could have been at a point to where his career has been spiraling and Empire was the only thing that was happening for him. And so he looked at it. Because I feel like he's always been a vocal and, like, a quote-unquote, like, social media activist. I, I haven't heard of him, like, real life doing, like, you know, uh, the Women's March or Black Lives Matter. I, I haven't heard about him being on the front lines as far as anything mm-hmm. of that nature. But he definitely speaks outwardly about black issues and gay issues. So maybe he felt like, you know, to revitalize his career, he could become the gay T.I. or the gay Tupac, you know what I'm saying, to where he speak out on black issues as a gay man. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I was thinking, like, because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I've seen, I seen what, the, what they look like. They're some good-looking men. You know what I'm saying? He knew them personally. He followed them on Instagram. You know, so I was just like, okay, well, maybe he got some download shit going on with them, and he paying, paying them to do whatever, you know what I'm saying, because he's rich, he's a celebrity, he can afford to do that, you know what I'm saying, that could be it too, you know. So I, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, whatever happens is not the end of the world. I feel like at this point he just needs to come forward and, and confess whatever it is that happened, and try to rebrand himself and, and to move forward. He is going and, and just be low key. He's gonna be a, the last of stock for a little bit, but um, I don't think this is the end for Jesse. You know, and, and I don't think that you know black people, especially black gays, should be so quick to turn their back on him. But yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but like, don't lie. Like, the worst thing a person can do, especially, you know, in my opinion, is to sit up there and tell a lie about, like, and a lie this big. This is massive. You know, you talking, first of all, it's a, it's a, it could be a lie, you know what I'm saying? Then you're talking about Trump. These, and we already hate his bitch ass, you know what I'm saying? So now you're talking about, oh, these people did this. And then I just, I, I just don't understand how if this is the situation that happened, how his ribs got cracked or how he got broken bones, how is how he got a black eye, how he got this rope tied behind his around his neck and then this bleach bottle, you know, it's just so many different things. Now, if you are that crazy like that to to set up some shit like that, I feel, I feel like that is very extreme to revive your career. To me, we're at, to me, like I was telling you last night. Yeah, I, I looked at it as it was more so him that went too far, like as far as right, like yeah. bondage and like that sexual shit that people be into. Because I felt like him keeping the news. Cracking the ribs, shit is weird. Like, how, like, what kind of sexual bondage shit is that? Let me crack your ribs, baby. Like, that's that's fucking weird. I just feel like, I just feel like some motherfuckers just like getting beat the fuck up. Like, you know, I listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was this podcast called what is it? Hor- horrible decisions, like four, like horrible decisions. It's a really good podcast. You all should check it out. But these two girls, beautiful girls, they're like very free spirits. They are self-proclaimed sluts, and they talk about like their like sexual escapades. And they also have people who are um, sex workers in, in in their whole lifestyle on the show. You know what I'm saying? And they talk about like different stuff. Mm-hmm. The point of the show is to 
bring forth sexuality and to normalize a lot of things that people deem as wrong because you being a sexual human being is, is not wrong. Um, and right, people right. are into that shit. Like, they talk about people are in that shit. Like, niggas pay thousands to get stumped on. It's some high heels. <laughs> Like, I think the shit is weird as fuck to the point to where I would gag if I see some shit like that, like, about to throw <laughs> up. Like, but it, it's men that are into it and, and women that are into that. They're into getting beat the fuck up. That's why I'm, I'm just saying it's not far-fetched. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not far-fetched to, to where it was some sexual shit that went too far. And he was too, somebody seen it, he was too embarrassed to admit what was going on. So he's like, yeah, I got jumped instead of admitting whatever the fuck it was. Or he paid them to to revitalize his career, to look like he was this black activist that got beat up by Trump supporters. Mm. One or the Mm -hmm. other. One or the other. So if you had to choose which one it was, which one would you go with? I would go with, if I had to choose, I would think it was he paid them to make it seem like he was trying to revitalize his career. But at the end, of, but not too far behind because they are in Hollywood. He could be getting beat the fuck up to on some sexual shit, you know, because it's Hollywood. So I, mean, I don't know. Well, you all already know. We're going to keep you guys up to date on what's going on with this story. I think, uh, I'm not sure if you, Jim, do you know when he's supposed to be going to court? I think it's supposed to be sometime soon that the court is supposed to take on this case. So that is the case, you know, and he can present. I'm, I'm interested in hearing about it. And just know, we're going to we're gonna let you guys know what's happening as well. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic, you all. Okay, guys, so according to PeopleMagazine.com, Charlene the God was once known as Wendy Williams' sidekick. Now the Breakfast Club shock jock says he's left any bad blood with the radio turned TV host in the past, Wendy Williams, though he can't say the same for her. I haven't talked to her in seven years. I haven't talked to her since February of 2010. That's the last time I had a conversation with Wendy Williams, Charlemagne tells people. I had a conversation with her husband, Kevin Hunter, but it wasn't nothing productive, just a bunch of yelling and screaming. The 36-year-old was fired from Wendy Williams' past radio show, the Wendy Williams Experience, in November of 2008, with Williams citing company downsizing. Um, The New York Times reported that. Now, he stated in his new book, Black Privilege, um, that actually he was – fired due to bad business deals with her husband, Hunter, and he was always extremely aggressive in trying to get more money out of the situation. The radio personality also writes, according to BET, he yelled and often threatened people till he got what he wanted. I can't lie. It works for him and Wendy, but it wasn't how I wanted to do business. Um, In his memoir, Charlemagne has no negative words about Wendy Williams regarding the situation, but he tells People Magazine that her and famous 2014 diss on Elvis Duran radio was very foul. And during his appearance, Wendy Williams denied knowing her, denied pretty much knowing her former co-host when his name was briefly mentioned. So now she pretty much stated she didn't even know who the hell Charlemagne the guy was. Um, he said, I honestly didn't care because I feel like people come into your life for reasons, seasons, or lifetimes. Um, I don't have any issue. I can't say that for Wendy Williams and her husband, Hunter. The MTV host adds that he didn't know why Wendy Williams was acting such a way, given that the fallout happened with me and her husband. I don't know why me and her husband fell out, but I know why me and her husband fell out, but I don't know what I did to her or what he said to her, he told people. I don't know what her perception is and why her or what her husband said. We don't. Or, so pretty much, her husband said that we don't mess with him anymore, and he does not know why that happened. Um, so yeah, Jen, what do you think is going on? We haven't heard a little anything really from Wendy Williams in a, in you know a couple of weeks now. So why do you think Charlemagne is up speaking about what's going on, and uh, why do you think Wendy Williams and her husband don't fuck with him no more? I think that 
Charlemagne probably knows scoop from people that are still um, cool with both of them. I mean, Charlemagne, he does pose as a person of the people, and he does move for, you know what I'm saying, moving like he's a regular, regular dude. But, I mean, we have to keep it above Charlemagne's A-list. Like, he, I'm sure he's, like, at the top of his game when it comes to radio personality. So I'm sure he knows people that are in Wendy's camp. He's still cool with people that are in Wendy's camp when he was working with her. And they probably are updated him as far as what's going on and he probably knows the reasoning behind um, her mental breakdown like it's all rumors to us mm. and his sources say this and that but he probably knows for a fact that Kevin Hunter is ruining her life and her career you know what I'm saying and not only that he saw shit firsthand. you know so I think that's why he's been yeah. so, so vocal about it I don't know if you brought it up but he said it multiple times he said I'm a brilliant idiot and he also said on, on, on The Breakfast Club, he's like, I don't fuck with Kevin Hunter. I don't like Kevin Hunter. So I'm going to say I don't fuck with Kevin Hunter. I don't like Kevin Hunter. And I was just like, is there anything that's come out? He's like, oh, yes. But I will say, I don't fuck with Kevin Hunter. I don't like Kevin Hunter. So mm. with that being said, I feel like everything that is going wrong in, in her career is ultimately due to, due to her husband. Um we want to sit here and talk shit about Monique's husband, uh, Sydney, but Sydney clearly moves for his wife, honey, and he does what the fuck his wife does. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> but he is. They said Kevin's whooping Wendy ass, uh, and he acting like he the, he the talent. He the one that brought all the money home. So, um, I mean, if, if Charlemagne has saw all this shit firsthand, and he's worked with both of them, not only that, because at one point, like he said, Kevin was representing Charlemagne as well, and he's the man. And he's one of those people. He demands all this money. He's like this, you know, this ultra aggressive, my way is the right way manager. You know, what I'm saying, how do you imagine he is with his wife? You know, so prayers up for Wendy. I hope she makes it through, child. Uh, I don't watch the Wendy Williams show. But I do want the best for her because I have followed her career for a long time. I've read her books and stuff like that. I do feel like she's a talent. Mm. And, you know what I'm saying, I always want to see my sisters thrive and continue to, you know what I'm saying, do what's best for them. So I hope he's not low-key ruining his, in her life. And if he is, hopefully she wakes the fuck up, even though she's 50 years old, child, and realize <laughs> that, you know, she's in a cocky toxic situation and um, yeah. no longer going through with it. What do you, what do you think about it, Ms. Angel Vondrina? I agree 100%. Um, I don't really know about, I don't really know much about their relationship except the, the things that we talked about in the podcast within the last few years. You know, I've heard about him beating her ass and um, how he's very aggressive and, you know, flirting with other women, you know, in front of her and the other rumors, you know, how he got a chick pregnant just right up the damn street from where they live at. So, I mean, all of that seems extremely toxic to me. And if this is a situation that she's in, she needs to open up her eyes, you know, and just keep it moving because that shit is horrible. And that's, I feel like that's enough to ruin anybody's life. You know, just I feel like many women who are put in a situation, men or women, put in a situation where a person they speak out and they – go around and mess around with somebody else, that's bad enough. But when you, when it's, you know, alleged that you're bringing another human being in a situation, like, you got to think, like, damn, you had sex with no condom on? You thought it was that good that you busted nothing, a bitch? Are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? So I just hope that if this situation is what's happening with her, like you stated, she open up her eyes, you know what I'm saying, stop opening up them legs and, you know, keep it moving. You know, I'm sure it's easy, though. Her legs are really thin. So, yeah. But I'm just going to cut it off. Now open up her legs to husband. Stop <laughs> opening up your legs to your Right. You to your husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, otherwise, though, I just hope she move around and, you know, cut it out. Cut it out because, um, and I, I honestly, I just feel like it sucks at the end of the day. She's been with him for a long-ass time, and she probably don't feel like, like, she deserves him. And I feel like that's why a lot of women, they go through a lot of the things that they go through because it's like they feel like they don't deserve the person that they're with. 
You know, so they try and change themselves when in reality is nothing that's wrong with them. It's him or her, you know what I'm saying, in, in whatever situation that is the issue. And I feel like she is a bright person. She's funny. She talks a lot of shit. But uh, I don't, and even though I don't really watch her show like that, I don't know what's going on. Nobody deserves to be treated in the way that she's been treated lately. So just move on if she can. And, you know what I'm saying, be a boss. And that's it. That's it, you guys. We're going to go ahead and go on to our last topic of the evening. All right, y'all. Last topic. Last topic. <laughs> Let me find it. Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> Give me one second. I was actually going to say that, too. Know. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to mock uh, your ass like, all right, y'all, last topic. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala Harris over comments she made about her past marijuana use while on their show. During an appearance on February 11th, Harris said she smoked marijuana in college while listening to Soup Dog and Tupac. What were you listening to when you was high? Charlamagne the guy asked her. What was on? What song was on? Was it Snoop, DJ MBS? Yeah, definitely Snoop, Harris laughed. Tupac for sure. A number of social media users pointed out that Harris graduated from Howard University in 1986 and finished law school in 1989. But Snoop Dogg and Tupac's first albums didn't come out until 1993 and 1991, respectively. Both had made music prior to their first albums, but Harris was done with school when they did. Fox and Friends did a segment on Harris' comments with host Steve Ducey, stating she doesn't remember what she was listening to when she was smoking. During the Thursday appearance, Charlamagne the God and DJ Envy accused Fox News of lying about what Harris um said, I mean, we wanted to humanize her, not just talk about politics, talk about what she likes, what she does, DJ Amy said, and I asked what she listens to, and she said she listens to Snoop Dogg and Tupac. At the same time, my co-host was still talking about the marijuana, and it was just a funny exchange, but she was actually answering me, and people took it that she was answering Charlemagne and said she was lying, which was not true. Charlamagne the God accused African-American social media users who made fun of Harris of doing the work on Fox News. I want everybody to know they're doing the work of Fox News, he said. The black Twitter people you see that are going in on Kamala because of this, y'all are doing the work of Fox News. Fox News got y'all. They got y'all. What do you think, Ms. Angel Fontaine? Did you watch her on The Breakfast Club? I did listen to her on The Breakfast Club. And I feel like people, they are being extra, extra dramatic. First of all, even though I got her name wrong, Kamala is just overall like a good person. You know, I feel like people, they're sitting up there and they're judging her based off of what she did back in the day. So what? even if she did smoke, you know what I'm saying, uh, back, back when she was in high school, even after high school, nigga, it's not like she's saying she's doing crack cocaine. You know what I'm saying? People, they sitting up there tripping about that shit. And second of all, I think she's a Scorpio. So it's like, she may be smoking now. Like, motherfucker, don't don't trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's a cool motherfucker. But don't sit up there and judge somebody when your auntie and your uncle is up there shooting up with a needle. You know what I'm saying? And then the, the biggest issue I have is that people are just outraged by what she said misconstruing her words, everything is just, you know, transformed into what they want to hear when we had a whole governor that was sitting around with blackface, you know what I'm saying, who's saying, not our governor, obviously, but, you know, who's sitting around and lying about shit that was going on, you know, lying about, oh, that was me in a yearbook, oh, that wasn't me in a yearbook, like, let's make some sense, you know, at least she sat up there, even if she is the U.S. senator, and stated her truth and what happened back in the day. And what the fuck is wrong with smoking a, a, a piece of marijuana? You know, it's not like she's like, yeah, I was a, a crack addict back in the day, and look at me now. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to kill her. That's just going to cool her down, calm her up, you know, calm her down a little bit. She's beautiful. She's talented. And she's still able to do her job. She's efficient. And look where she is now. And people, they sitting up there trying to, you know what I'm saying, put her in a category as if she's just this 
fucking weed head person. And it's just pissing me off because she's a good person. You know, she has done a lot. And for people to sit up there and be like, oh, well, let's depict your story. Like, bitch, get a life. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if you actually did some work, motherfucker, you can be where she is in life instead of trying to depict everything that's going on in her life and trying to lie and, you know, make shit seem like it is what it isn't, if that makes sense. What is your thought about it, John? I thought that, um, like, I, I I thought they definitely took the whole conversation out of context. Like clearly, they did. Uh, <laughs> you know, she was talking about she was talking to DJ and Like it was very obvious if you were to watch the interview, and she admitted to her smoking weed. And it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with her smoking weed? And it's like, even if she was smoking weed after the fact, it now I I do agree if she was uh, at, you know a prosecutor and she was smoking weed at the same time, then yeah, that was wrong. But I don't think that's what I took from the conversation. I just think that she was trying to be, to show that she was a normal human being, like everyone else who has smoked weed. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I'm not a smoker, but I definitely have fucked a handful of times. You know what I'm saying? So. Hi, I you stupid it, it, It's just ridiculous. You said what? I just laughed. You dumb, bro. And she's a Libra. She's not even a Scorpio. So I don't even like her no more. Now I just want <laughs> You are psycho. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hear you. It, it really isn't not a big deal like that. And for people to sit up here, actually, you know what? We'll talk more about this in our question of the day. So, Jen, if you have nothing else to say, we're going to go ahead and move on to that. No, I don't. We definitely care. All right, you guys. Okay, guys. So, our question of the day is why does society see smoking weed as an issue, but the real drug issues are rarely discussed. And this stems from Kamala. Kamala? Oh, my God. Jen, what is it? <laughs> is it Kamala or Kamala? I'm just going to say Kamala Harris. So, honestly, um, I just think that it's crazy that people that sit up there and they see smoking weed as an issue. Um, when we're not talking about the people who are on, you know, crack, cocaine, shooting up, like, it makes no sense to me. And I just don't understand why society is see smoking weed as an issue. And then on top of that, like, if it was really an issue, they would be trying to, they wouldn't be sitting up there making it legalized in certain areas. The honest truth is, in my opinion, that smoking weed does not really harm you in any way. People, they're not seeing overdosing on smoking weed. Actually, in fact, I've never seen an article where it says somebody, they overdosed on smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? They died from smoking weed. I've never seen anything like that in my day. And I've been on earth for 28 years. You know, not once have I seen that. You know, I always seen smoking weed as a positive thing. I used to smoke weed all the time. There was a period of time in my life where I smoked weed every single day. You know what I'm saying? So don't get me wrong. I feel like, well, I, I just don't feel like it's a wrong anything wrong. I don't do it now, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that I won't do it in the future. There is no telling what the hell will happen. However, there is nothing wrong that I see with smoking weed. I'm not going to overdose and die and, you know what I'm saying, I'm not putting needles in my arm and a possibility of getting HIV because I'm sharing needles. I'm not going to get 100% you know what I'm saying, addicted to the point where I can't get myself off or anything like that, even though smoking weed can be addictive. You know what I'm saying? It's just with me, I just feel like it's not as bad as any other drug. Like I can still function while I'm smoking weed, whereas I smoking crack, go to work, you know what I'm saying? You're probably cleaning up, you know what I'm saying, the bathrooms instead of sitting at the desk doing the job is all I'm saying. Jean, what are your thoughts on why society sees smoking weed as an issue but not, you know, real drugs are as many an issue. And why the fuck are real drugs discussed as much as weed smoking is? Um, I think that society sees weed smoking as wrong because they need, like, a scapegoat. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know because I don't smoke weed, but I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, it's just always we, – we've learned that, you know, in society – there is a lot of benefits to smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? So it, it all be all, you know, 
it's not a horrible thing, but I think it's just one of those situations to where they got Republicans have to stick to their guns and. Back in the mm. 70s, they looked at it as this hardcore drug, so they have to continue to look at this as a uh, hardcore drug. But we know that, you know, pill addiction and crack and cocaine and heroin is the real issue. What is, what is your reasoning? I just said my reasoning. You obviously wasn't listening or paying attention. So, um, yeah, what is, what is what's going on? What is he doing to to miss my entire explanation as to what I thought about this general fellow. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on. You're going to be attention. So anyways, guys, um, we're going to go ahead and go into our confession, our love confession for the evening. Jim is obviously drunk right now because he, in my opinion, <laughs> is not the attention at all. I'm sorry, what, what did you say? What? <laughs> You're drunk. You're not paying attention, motherfucker. That's what I said. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but we're going to go into our love confession of the day, all right? All right. Jim, what are you confessing your love for? And you better not say our I am confessing my love for Big Brother. Do you watch? Have you watched Big Brother? No, but I have heard about you know who won. So go ahead and confess so your Tamar, love. Tamar won, and I'm so proud of her. Like she did a great job. Braxton. But I just feel like Big Brother is just such a fucking good show, and I feel like the whole celebrity Big Brother thing is just we like vitalize the franchise. Um, I always thought like Big Brother was like one of the few reality shows that if I was a person that was interested in doing that, I would do because it kind of like, it disconnects you. So it's not really about who you are as a person, but it's just like what you would do to survive in a certain situation. I feel like with that, it like with Big Brother and Tom Green, you put it best, like when, with his exit interview when he got, because he was in, um, in the same season as Tamar, but he just said that Big Brother shows when people are, you know what I'm saying, like when their back is against the wall, they're going to do whatever. They'll smile in your face. They'll be fake and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it is what it is. What What do you think? I mean, not what you think. What are you supposed to your love for? I, like, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going my love for Keto. Um, somebody – actually inboxed me earlier today and asked me, what is keto? Like, what is keto? And I was just like, oh, well, keto diet is a high-fat, low-carb diet. And I just kind of went into the details that I am familiar with. Um, So as many of you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, not my confession session page, but my personal page, that I have been doing keto since January 1st, and it has been about six weeks now. I have not weighed myself since um, since last month to see how much I was down. But I definitely can see, like, my clothes fitting differently and me feeling differently. My legs have gotten so much smaller. And I'm just really thankful that I'm being consistent. And it's really, really as difficult as it is. It's much better when you have somebody that is, you know, on a team with you that has the same goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you both are trying to – lose weight or gain muscle or whatever the case is, it's, it's good friend, spouse, whatever the case is, it's good to have somebody on your team that's going to consistently motivate you. Because there has been, in these, you know, six weeks, many days where I'm like, oh, really, motherfucker, about to work out on Saturday? Like, Saturday, I'm just ready to get my drink on at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, no, 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 like, time to work out and you know, so I'm just confessing my love for the keto diet. If you guys are interested in it, they have some interesting recipes and a lot of good stuff. And I'm cooking and baking like a fucking crazy maniac all the time. Like last night, I made chicken sandwiches, the delicious um, egg, um, pretty egg and pork rind bread, which is really good, thick and fulfilling. And then like even tonight, I'm making um, beef beef stir-fry, you know, and I'm making that with zucchini. So different type of great things, and you know, that will get you good to go, you know, staying 
on a keto diet. And ultimately, if you guys have any other questions, you guys know where you can hit me up at. But I'm really confessing my love for the keto because it is working. And I believe it's been a minute since I've stayed really consistent with something for, like, a long time. And six weeks to me is a long time because, you know, my ass would be doing, you know, workout for, like, two weeks. And then be like, all right, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But me to be here six weeks straight. And I think the last time I did this before I had my twins, I worked out for two months straight, but, you know, everybody always say, like, you can work out, but, you know, your diet is pretty much, working out is only 20% of the diet. It's really 80% as far as, like, what you eat. So for me to be eating and then doing the keto, you know, and I'm pretty much the exact, I mean, eating on a keto and then working out at the same time is pretty much, like, really good. And then also I stopped drinking on the weekdays, um, Monday through Thursday, which has helped, too, because. I guess vodka got a lot of calories in it because, you know, or carbs in it. Because when I stop drinking, you know what I'm saying, I lose like five pounds in a week. It's crazy. It's crazy. So um, that's pretty much it, you guys. That's my love for the keto diet. And, oh, if you guys are wondering what workout I'm doing, I am doing Insanity by Sean T, the 30-minute workout. Um, I do uh, three 40-minute, no, two 40-minute workouts a week as well. So, yeah, if I can do it, I have twins and a six-and-a-half-year-old. You guys can do it. You know, I work full-time. Trust me, it's, you guys can do it too. You know what I'm saying? Just if you have any questions or need some help, hit me up. Let me know. I'm willing. I'm there. Before I get back in, before I get back into, you know what I'm saying, doing extracurricular activities, let me know because I am a free hand that's willing to help. Other than that, though, Jean, if there's nothing else, we're going to go ahead and end the show this evening. <laughs> Yeah, let me get out here and end the show. <laughs> the show's ended, motherfucker. No. Everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to our show this evening. You all can expect to hear from us next, February 24th, at the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you, so don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in the drama and send your email to confession with number 2 us at gmail.com. This is your host, Angel Bandrina. And I'm your host, John Othello, and you're listening to the one and the only. Dude. Come back in. What? Hey, 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 h